0: Welcome to Election Profit Makers, the original bad boys of podcasting. We take no prisoners. If you're offended, we don't care. We're like a magazine nobody subscribes to. We can't be canceled. We don't follow the rules. We don't care who we offend. We don't tie our shoes and we don't use our turn signals. If that offends you, keep it moving. May I suggest a different podcast like Little Foo Foo's Bakery Muffin Top Exploratorium? Yeah, that's right. Don't bother listening if you can't take the heat. We melt snowflakes for breakfast. We eat them in snowflake soup. It's delicious. My name is Kid Midas, the original Rule Breaker. I always podcast in a leather jacket while smoking a puff puff marijuana cigarette like my hero, Elon Musk, the King of Mars. I'm joined on the line from way down south. We got Long John Silver. Long John, what's going on, bro?
1: Hey, David. How are you doing? Hey, everyone out there in podcast land. Did you have a good Halloween? Halloween, uh, Halloween was yesterday. We're recording
0: this on a Monday. Did I have a good Halloween? Well, um, I went trick-or-treating. I got 600 candy bars, and everybody loved my costume. Wow.
1: What was your costume? Squid Game Ted Lasso. Next question. Wait a minute, what? Squid Game Ted Lasso. How does that hows that work?
0: Well, I wore a squid Squid Game costume and a Ted Lasso costume. The next
1: question. Uh, what Squid Game? I'm just, game just kidding. Th- I didn't did do anything for Halloween. I didn't all do anything right.
0: Halloween. Halloween. See, you messed up. Now I can't get a, I can't get out of my head saying that holiday, Halloween.
1: It's all right. How was your Halloween? I had people over. Yeah, we had people over, including secret band Mike and his family came over.
0: You had a Halloween party?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of a Halloween party. I think Mike and the family were a little bit in shock because they're used to trick-or-treating in New York, you know, where there's a lot of density and lights and things like that. And this was like, you know, suburban. You just threw the kids out in the woods and said, there's a Kit Kat bar behind those trees. Good luck. Exactly. It's so dark around here. I had a major take on how dark it is in this metropolitan area, but we don't have to talk about that. No, that sounds good. That's good Halloween content, darkness. Yeah. So I was talking uh, with that. <laughs> she was just amazed at how dark it is around here. And I. Let told me guess. Her, was it the nighttime? Yes, it was the nighttime, but we. That might explain it. It does. It, it's part of it. But the other part is there's a huge tree canopy. Uh, in this this area, has like a really healthy tree canopy. There's lots of trees. As many metropolitans on the East Coast have lots of trees. Charlotte, Raleigh, you know. Well, this is the Raleigh Metro, it, Atlanta, places like that. But I in I went to Denver recently, and when I when I came back. I landed at the airport. First of all, when you're flying into the airport, you can't see anything. It's you cannot believe that this combined statistical metropolitan, this this combined metropolitan statistical area is over two million people. It's just you can't see any lights. But then once you get on the ground, there are no lights either. It is it's the darkest place. You know if you when you're out west, pl- places are are lit up. There's not as many trees. You when you're driving up to in To cities, you're like 50 miles away from a city and you can see it. And it doesn't even have to be a big city. It can be like Midland, Texas. It looks huge. Here, you don't know you're in the city until you get right downtown. So, I don't know. I don't know if anyone has any theories about why this place is so dark, why it is darker than all these other places. Is, Is it because it has developed later and the light infrastructure hasn't caught up? Or is it because it developed later and light infrastructure is kind of out of style now? Like, people don't want that because they don't want light pollution. So, these other places it developed earlier have a lot more light pollution. But frankly, I think it's too dark here.
0: Where is here? What are you talking about exactly? You're talking uh, about I'm Denver? I'm just talking—
1: uh, No, I'm just talking about the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill-Carboro area. It's just too dark. It's—we need more street lights. We need more light infrastructure.
0: Light infrastructure. And you want people— Oh, sure, for safety, not because you're afraid of ghosts or goblins. That surely can't be the answer, right?
1: Yeah, so, uh, if anyone has any theories on that, uh, send us uh, email at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. I would, I'd appreciate that. I finally know
0: how you feel when you decide to save energy by not listening to me. Woo! Just kidding.
1: That was great. You know what I, You know what else I did this weekend? Something I said I'd never do. I watched Squid Game, which is I can't the, the- believe this— One of
0: our podcast episode titles was actually John Will Never Watch Squid Game, and now you've gone and you watched it all in one crazed binge weekend. Everyone had watched it, and they were all discussing it,
1: and I sort of felt left out, so. Join the conversation, just like the Pepsi commercial, right? Yeah, exactly. So, So, I wouldn't say it's, there were parts of it that were enjoyable. you want my review? I think it was kind of interesting. Um... I thought it's not totally my cup of tea, and yeah, that's about all I'll say. It was, was a it great was, review. It was sort of. I wouldn't say that it was the most. Um, yeah, like the the most incredible show in television history. It seems like you some wouldn't people are say that things like no, I wouldn't say that. I thought nobody it was is a little, nobody is saying that. Who's saying that? Oh, it's, I thought people were saying that. Oh, I thought it was like a comic book a little bit. Sort of simple.
0: When you said that to me in text, that inspired me to actually finish watching it. And then I enjoyed it more when I was like, it's a comic book. Stop stop thinking about it so much. Because it was drive the... You want to talk about infrastructure. The infrastructure of these damn puzzles and games that they had these people doing. Stop listening now, by the way, if you don't want any Squid Game spoilers. But I'm sorry. That glass bridge, room that was so unrealistic. Really? Yeah, to make a huge... Yeah, it was just unrealistic. It would take too much time. They wouldn't bother doing that. But then you said it was like a comic book. It was like, right, it's like those old goofy comic books I used to read where, like, the bad guy would build a bridge from California to the moon and make everybody walk on the bridge and pay a toll. Or and you wouldn't care if it was realistic or not because it's just a silly comic book. And that's what Squid Game was. Yeah. John, we have some exciting news in the in the uh, merchandise front. Let's do it. We have new T-shirts available. Finally, finally, a new EPM t shirts for me. I can cover my belly and my breasts with these fine EPM
1: T-shirts that are surely the very best. One T-shirt uh, is it? Ju- it simply just says Gainen, and it has an upside-down helicopter. I believe it's the same helicopter that was on on previous. It's the official election profit makers helicopter, right? And it helicopter is not Tony doing well. special, yeah. It is Gainen upside down. It's not good. It's a shirt for it's a shirt for our troubled times. And the other one was actually not designed by David. It was designed by a listener. Phil
0: M. Thank you to Phil M. for our amazing EPM guitar effects pedal shirt. This shirt is the one. The helicopter yeah. shirt is fine. That can be known as John's shirt. <laughs> but this pedal shirt is the David
1: shirt. Mm-hmm. John, it's bit.ly link time. Give us some merch bit.ly links. Uh, you can find these at bit.ly slash EPM very cool. All one word, all lowercase. EPM very cool. Also, bit.ly slash 420 satanbong 666. <laughs> bit.ly slash Helicopter Tony is very nice. Also works. <laughs> That's a good bit.ly link. Uh, bit.ly slash Skyline Fun works. Bit.ly slash Josh Hawley. Pringles helmet a bit.ly link that doubles as a zinger about Josh Hawley we got EPM Frog Princess bit.ly slash EPM Cocaine City you know all the classics all the classics yeah try them all try them all yeah bit.ly slash Combat Dagger that works yeah Madison Cawthorn Combat Dagger I was sort of surprised that one was available. I thought you he know.
0: posted a f- Madison Cawthorn posted a photo of him posing with like a sword. He and his wife were both holding like bladed bladed weapons. I thought that He's was very. Cool. I didn't know he was married. Yeah, he got married. He married the love of his life. Apparently,
1: oh, good for
0: him. We should mention that if you're a Patreon member, Patreon.com/slash/ElectionProfitMakers, we're going to be DMing you a discount code for these shirts. So if you're on our Patreon you'll get a discount code to the shirts. And if you're a new member, a new sign-up, I'm gonna send out stickers, patreon.com slash election profit makers. As I mentioned, it's the 1st of November, it's Monday. This is the first day of the penultimate month of the year of our Lord 2021. Yes, And that means that tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this podcast when it's released, is election day. Now, of course, my main man, Curtis Sliwa, it looks like is not going to be elected the new mayor of New York City. Oh, shit, the doorbell just rang. Goodbye. Hold on. I'll be right back. John,
1: keep riffing. Okay. Uh, the big race for tomorrow is, that, that most people are paying attention to, is the Virginia gubernatorial election featuring Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, against Clinton Knight, Terry McAuliffe. Um, and that was a race that earlier in the year I was pretty sure that McAuliffe was going to win. And now I'm no longer sure at all. Hello? Hey. Yep. I was just talking about, I was just setting up Virginia. Guess what came in the mail? Guess
0: what, guess what the doorbell was ringing about? Whoa. <laughs> Wuhan drum machine. The new stickers, stickers have arrived for the new Patreons. Fresh. Fre- oh hell yeah! Look at the sur- the yeah. s- surfing skeleton. Looks amazing. Oh wow! That's God the original God. wave rider.
1: Yeah, that looks Woo, good. That looks good. All right, John. What's going on in Virginia? This is it. Big time. Well, big news this week was that Glenn Youngkin. A bunch of polls came out showing Glenn Youngkin uh, uh, head, and he is actually ahead in the five thirty eight polling average now. Not by much, by about a point, but. Uh, The market on predicted has flipped and he is in the lead. I think he's trading at like 56 right now. Um, It's sort of amazing. The experts are all saying it's a toss-up, just a complete toss-up. It's so hard for me to believe that. You know, Virginia is a state that voted for Biden by 10 points in 2020. And it's it's pretty much been a, a, you know, a reliable blue state, um, but it, a reliable blue state as of, you know, recently. Um, but Biden's approval numbers are underwater and McAuliffe hasn't w- w- ran the the greatest campaign. Um, so I am just playing this as, e- I'm either going to play it as negative risk or I'm going to just try to buy low and see if I can ride some waves. I really, I, I, I don't have a prediction on who's going to win at this point. I know a few weeks ago, I was really confident in McAuliffe, and he may still win. And if he does, I guess I can technically say, oh, I was right. But uh, it's not really a safe bet anymore at this point. On
0: Predict It, which party will win the 2021 Virginia gubernatorial election? It's Republican at 58, up three, and Democratic at 47, down two. Well, that's a negative
1: risk uh, opportunity right there, a little bit. Explain how you would play that. Well, you could buy no in both of those. You really need it to add up to like hundred and eight cents in order to guarantee that you're going to make a little bit of money, so that would not quite be that, but. There may be an opportunity on swings that you buy no uh, when they, they surge. If Youngkin wins this
0: gubernatorial election, that'll be a bummer for a number of reasons. But the biggest bummer is going to be that it's going to prove to the GOP that nonstop talking about fucking Toni Morrison novels and critical race theory is the key to winning office. And all we're going to hear about for the next two years is critical race theory, which nobody understands and I don't understand. And then and then, Republicans talking about how their kids had nightmares because they had to read a book about a black
1: person. I think it's possible that if he wins, it doesn't have anything to do with the critical race theory. It may just be an example of the Democrats just continuing to bottom out in rural red areas. Um, and that it's just a continuation of what we've seen for the last 20 years. You know, it didn't seem like, it doesn't feel like we can go any lower, but I think for, for, for the critical race theory hypothesis to be true, we would have to see him actually lose in the suburbs, you know, like in Loudoun County, in Fairfax County, not lose. He's, he's not, he's, uh, McAuliffe is going to win those areas, but we need to see him have uh, a pretty bad showing for a Democrat, considering those are strong blue areas. And if he does, then I'll agree. Yeah, critical race theory or whatever is the reason. But it may be that he does just as well in those big counties in Loudoun County, but he just does really poorly out in western, you know, southwestern Virginia.
0: John, I want to say this. The only critical race theory that I'm interested in Uh is the critical race theory that was proposed by an academic named Aesop. Aesop tells the tale of a race. Yeah, that's right, a race between a tortoise and a hare. Everyone thought the hare would win because rabbits run faster than turtles. And what happened? The hare was so confident, he sat on his fat rabbit ass while the tortoise slowly and surely won the race. That was a critical race. The first time in human history, a tortoise beat a hare. And the theory behind that critical race was very simple. Slow and steady wins the race. So that's critical race theory from Kid Midas's perspective. So they should be teaching that in schools. They should be teaching that in schools. Aesop's fable. They're trying to cancel Aesop. The man who knew more about animals and humans than anyone. Yeah, that's not a, right. A goose, a goose saw meat in the bottom of a well and wanted it. So what did he do? He filled the well with rocks until the meat rose to the top. That's one of Aesop's fables.
1: Yeah, what are some others?
0: Um, another famous Aesop fable, the giving tree. There was a tree that entered a sadomasochistic relationship with a punk-ass little boy. And the boy used that tree until there was nothing left but a stump. And even then the tree was like, sit on me, daddy. Horrible, dark intimation of human nature. That's one of Aesop's fables. They can't cancel Aesop, not on my watch. He had so much to teach all of us. A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, why the long face? <laughs> Moral of the all story, right. yeah. don't judge people based on appearances. Horses can drink beers. All right. What else about Virginia, John? Keep
1: going. There's a race for lieutenant governor and the attorney general. Historically, the the person that wins the governorship, uh, the party that wins the governorship is the one that ends up winning the lieutenant governor and an attorney general as well. But that is, there are exceptions to that rule, like in North Carolina back in in 2020. Governor Roy Cooper, who's a Democrat, was able to win, but the lieutenant governor was won by a, a Republican because it was such a close race. So if this race truly is a toss-up, that means it's going to be very close. So you could actually have a, a split decision. We'll have to We'll have to watch those.
0: Hold on just a second. Yeah. Hello speaking
2: uh-huh or seriously injured or killed in the line of duty has risen dramatically as a pack we endorse lawmakers that will pledge
0: What state is this for?
2: Oh, I was just asking if we were to send you a sponsor envelope, could the officers count on your support?
0: But what is the organization?
2: It's the Police Coalition of America PAC.
0: Well, I'm intrigued because my understanding is that COVID is killing more police officers than all other causes of death, and yet there are thousands of police officers who refuse to get the COVID vaccine. I mean, obviously I'm in favor of police being safe and secure in their jobs. My question is, why aren't these officers taking the simple step of getting a safe and effective vaccine for free? Hello? Police
2: Coalition of America PAC pushes for positive change in legislation that protects our citizens as well as our officers, enhancing our officers with the proper training needed to safely conduct their jobs, and advocating for a death and disability fund for those officers killed or injured in the line of duty. Is there any way
0: you can help with $20? I understand all that, but I guess I'm asking what your PAC's position is on having police officers and first responders take the COVID vaccine. Is that something you support?
2: That information is available on the website. Would you like the web
0: address? Sure, I'll take the web address.
2: Just let me know when you're ready. I'm ready, sir. The website is www.SupportCopsUSA.org. This call and all expenses were paid for by the Police Coalition of America. We proudly endorse Representatives Garrett Graves and Don Bacon for supporting law enforcement. Any gifts or contributions made to this pack are
1: not tax deductible. Thanks. Bye-bye. That guy's not real.
0: SupportCopsUSA.org. Yeah. He hung up before I could compliment that totally sick URL.
1: Yeah, I don't think you were talking to a real person. I think that was a uh, some sort of bot.
0: Oh, fuck me. Don't you think? Yeah, you're probably right. It was pretty good,
1: though. Some yeah.
0: guy had a soundboard triggering stuff like me with my air horns. I should have air horned him. Oh, my gosh, what a battle.
1: They wouldn't have had an answer to that.
0: Kid Midas on the air horn versus, r- versus robot cop man from... SupportCopsUSA.org, the Police Coalition of America. Anyway, that was some fun. That was some breaking news telephone fun that we'll that we'll put in the podcast. John, let's get back to
1: Virginia. Oh my God! I, yeah, look, that's all I have to say about Virginia.
0: I thought this was going to be super technical, and you're going to tell people how to bet tomorrow night when the poll I, it's, re- it's results. It's too
1: close. It's too. It's too close to just. Uh, Buy, buy low and sell high. Whoa! Uh, you heard when, it here
0: first—the yeah. bad voice of podcasting with this yeah.
1: take-no-prisoners advice. So here, here's the. God, my levels are so high. I don't, I don't know what. It's going to be interesting to see how this sounds.
0: Don't worry, John. It sounds great. You are gaining.
1: Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, buy low. Buy who low? It doesn't matter. Whoever. Oh, it is. okay. All right. Okay, yep. so so McAuliffe is going to spike and he's going to be trading at $0.90. Cents. I'm going to go ahead and buy uh, Yunkin at 10 on the belief that it's going to tighten back up and it's going to come back to 50 50 at some point. So if it comes back to 50 50 then that's like a more than four times gain. It goes from $0.10 cents to $0.50. Cents, or it might totally flip and go back to 90 And it might flip multiple times. That tends to happen. Or – I'll buy it 10, and it'll never flip. And I'll just lose a small amount.
0: Okay, but once it gets back to 50-50, do you jump off your surfboard?
1: Yeah, I think it's smart to jump off your surfboard at that point. Yeah, you want to go ahead and, and take your gains.
0: John, it's time for UNC Football Update Corner, starring Long John Silver, our athletic correspondent. John, what's the latest news from UNC Football?
1: Last weekend, UNC had a bye. They were they were off that week. So I was unable to give a prediction about what I thought was going to happen this week. But I did drop it in the Discord Saturday before the game, just for the record. I wanted to go ahead and get it out there.
0: And what's the Discord, John? What are you talking about Discord? That sounds fun. What's that?
1: That's exclusive to our patrons that uh, are members of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash makers. We appreciate your support, and I dropped this to them. So I told them that unranked UNC was going to go into Notre Dame Stadium and and take on 11th-ranked Notre Dame and give them all they could handle, despite the fact that UNC is 0-12 all-time at Notre Dame Stadium and that UNC would have a a lead late uh, and lose it and and, and lose a close one. And that was pretty much true. UNC had a lead uh, of three points in the third quarter and was unable to hang on Notre Dame eventually won by 10 points. UNC was down inside the 5-yard line on the final play of the game. Could have scored a touchdown, but it would have been meaningless, but it would have uh, made the score at least look a little closer. So, it was frustrating because UNC outgained Notre Dame in total yards and also won the time of possessions. They just had a uh, some costly penalties some of which were sort of questionable but that sort of ha- that happens when you're on the road you can't you can't get all the calls so next week carolina takes on wake forest who believe it or not is ranked in the top 10
0: incredible i never would have thought in my wildest fantasies that in 2021 wake forest football would be ranked in the top 10
1: yeah they're undefeated so Incred- uh, it's like uh, one of yeah. aesop's fables
0: slow and steady I- wins the race
1: I predict Carolina will win that game. Okay. Because that doesn't make any sense. But that's what's going to happen. So put your money on Carolina.
0: Okay. There's more sports news. We had an email at contact at election profit makers from listener Thad who offered to bet us $100 that when Trump went to the Atlanta Braves baseball team game on Saturday, he would do the tomahawk chop. And sure enough— Former President Trump delighted in uh, doing the, uh, whatever. It's, it's all critical race theory, as far as I can tell.
1: Just yeah. another example of critical race theory, folks. I would have bet wrongly. I would have said he wouldn't have done it because he, because, and here, here's my reasoning, and in hindsight, I recognize the re, the reasoning is wrong, but I I would have said that he wouldn't do it because he would want to remain neutral between the two teams but in hindsight now that I think about it uh, he wants to ingratiate himself with the Georgia electorate and because he narrowly lost Georgia or he won by a lot depending on who you talk to uh, so by doing the chop maybe that would help him he,
0: no, he's not oh, Johnny,
1: Johnny Johnny you know oh he's not thinking strategically
0: like that no he's doing it because it's racist and it makes and it makes liberals mad. I guarantee you he's going to show up in fucking blackface to accept the 2024 <laughs> presidential nomination. He's going to nah. show up in blackface and a big sombrero and talk in a fake Mexican accent and stuff.
1: I don't think that would work for him.
0: Um, I'm pretty sure it would work with his base, which is all he ever cares about. As long as he has the base ready to shoot everybody who thinks he lost an election, what does he care?
1: You know, there actually is video of um, Jimmy Carter doing the tomahawk chop.
0: I'm sure there is. He was a Southerner from a long time ago. Yeah. Probably video of us doing the tomahawk chalk back when we were kids. No, there's no video of us doing that, I don't think. I didn't probably even know what it was back then. I had no truck with professional baseball when I was a, when I was a kid. I probably didn't even know professional baseball existed until I got to college.
1: John, hit us with those bit.ly links again. Bit.ly slash EPM, very cool. Bit.ly slash 420 Satan Bong 666 Again, these all take you to the same place where you can get EPM merch. Um, bit.ly slash EPM Ganon. Uh, bit.ly slash EPM Frog Princess.
0: Do we have bit.ly slash EPM
1: supportcopsusa.org? Yes, we will by the time this airs,
0: yeah. I can't believe I got duped by a robot. I thought I was having an authentic human interaction and I was gonna make this cop reconsider their anti-COVID posturing. And instead, all I did was waste another minute of my day with an artificial intelligence. John, we got a listener question from someone named Aaron, and it's all about Bitcoin, because we were talking about Josh Mandel's amazing tweet last week. Remember that one? Yeah. Baby on the roof. Dog in the basement. Meat on my forehead. Bitcoin in cold storage. They hate this. So Aaron wrote in to talk about Bitcoin and cold storage, and God help us because we hate the establishment and we take no prisoners. We are all in on Bitcoin, actively mining the first ever election profit makers cryptocurrency, which will be paired with exclusive NFTs with a guaranteed return of 50,000% plus $20 or your money back. So we're into cryptocurrency now. John, why don't you read this email from Aaron that's all about cryptocurrency that I couldn't make my way through?
1: Yeah, Aaron writes in, while Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is a great way to increase economic inequality and to demonstrate unregul- unregulated capitalism at its best slash worst, as a medium earlier adopter, I've also made a killing and am planning on eventually donating a large chunk of it to socialist groups.
0: Uh-oh, socialist cryptocurrency, bro, is logged
1: on. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, uh, it's also a really great case of how a super dedicated group of people can use the internet to achieve something weird. Cold storage. A lot of people store their cryptocurrencies on exchanges where they can trade them. It's a lot safer to store them on a hard on a hardware wallet like Trezor. Trezor, I don't know. Uh, Trezor. Also useful for securing. Your other passwords like protecting your email and bank accounts. A hardware wallet is a relatively affordable, $50, small device that stores your private key and plugs in to your USB. In many cases, it will save you from losing coins if your computer is hacked. But not in all cases, apparently. So it doesn't sound like it's totally, I don't know. All right. Then he writes, more recently, he's been betting a lot on PolyMarket. Uh, which is a a rival to predict it. And it is powered by the Polygon, a.k.a. Matic Network. So there's some real use cases for crypto beyond my general take, which is that Bitcoin is digital gold for speculators and true believers.
0: I'm going to hold off my judgment on Bitcoin until I find an appropriate Aesop fable. Maybe Aesop wrote about a crow who convinced convinced a little puppy that he had come up with a new kind of money. And then the puppy said, okay, I'll bring you all my seeds and you'll trade them to me for your magic crow coin. And then the crow got all the seeds and then said, bye-bye, I don't have a crow coin and flew away with the puppy's money. That's Aesop's fable about cryptocurrency. How are we going to address this correspondence from listener Ben about the first-in-flight debate that we had last week between the license plates of Ohio and North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. He says, I'm sure this has probably already been brought to your attention, but just in case, here's a bit of, well, actually, in response to a claim made on last week's show that there are two states who claim to be the first-in-flight, Ohio and North Carolina. There is, in fact, a third state with a tenuous claim in this debate, and that's Connecticut. Then he sent us 150 links about Connecticut being first in flight. What? For what it's worth, as somebody born and raised in Connecticut, I personally don't put much faith in Connecticut's claim. Then again, it wouldn't be the first time America overlooked the accomplishments of an immigrant only to claim the achievement for ourselves later.
1: I think you should just skip down to the last link, which is from Scientific American, which is Scientific American debunks claim that Gustav Whitehead was first in flight pretty convincing debunking.
0: So Gustav Whitehead was an immigrant, an aviation pioneer, an immigrant from Germany. hmm And he says that he flew a powered machine successfully in 1901 and 1902, which would mean that he was one or two years ahead of the Wright brothers. And it won't surprise you to learn that Gustav Whitehead was, yes, a resident of Connecticut.
1: And then he never flew again, apparently.
0: I don't know, man. I think I'm going to hold on and say i''m I'm dismissing Gustav Whitehead's claim to flight, and I'm sticking with the Wright brothers, the proud sons of Ohio, and I still double down on my claim that Ohio is first in flight. because where the idea was conceived is where the history was achieved. It's where your brain is when you come up with the idea that is the birth that is the birth of the idea. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. I think Ohio deserves more credit for flight than North Carolina a ton more than North Carolina. But North Carolina is where the first flight occurred.
0: Anyone who's betting on the Virginia governor race today, this evening, we wish you the best of luck. Oh, boy. Critical race theory. Critical race theory, folks. It's all around us. We have to be aware of these animals and the fables that they represent. Monkeys, snakes, birds, cows, Uh, I wonder if, wouldn't it be amazing if Aesop made a fable about a dinosaur? That would just come out of nowhere. You know, he would be like, oh, yes, it reminds me of a famous fable I once created. A lowly beetle was trying to climb a leaf when a Tyrannosaurus Rex showed up. But I don't think they knew about dinosaurs back in, um... Hey, hold on a second. Did ancient Greeks and Romans, did they know about dinosaurs? No... How could they not? They must have found dinosaur bones at some point. What did they think they
1: were? I don't know. I've never thought about this in my life. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, neither have I. Did they? I thought they only found dinosaur bones in like really dry, arid places. Well, I guess Greece is kind of arid and dry. But Do you they think might not Plato, have
0: had- Plato and Socrates ever wrote about dinosaurs? Who knows? Does one of our listeners know anything about this? I want to know about this. Contact electionprofitmakers.com.
1: I think dinosaurs are only found in certain places like North Dakota and, and like- But uh, what if an what if
0: ancient philosopher took a trip to the new world and then came back on his little boat and said, I've seen the most extraordinary things in North Dakota, a bone as big as a canoe. Surely there were giants that walked upon this earth. Plato, what says your cave of shadows about this magic? And Plato says, I conceived the idea of a brontosaurus or a stegosaurus, the ideal form. It must be out in the world all shitty and crappy or whatever Plato's cave was about. I think that's what Plato's cave was about. He was like, shadows are better than the real thing. He was a real maniac, Plato. <laughs> he would go into his cave and and, ta- and say, look upon these shadows upon the wall. Aren't they beautiful? No, go outside my cave and look around at your shitty neighborhood. It all sucks. It should be as pure as the idea of this neighborhood, right? Yeah. Socrates was, was Plato's um, student or teacher, one of the two, and of course- Aristotle was also in the mix of these, of these giant philosophers from yesteryear. But one philosopher stands above them all, towering above them all. And that is the lowly Aesop with these fucking fables. That must have driven Plato and Socrates crazy. They're like, I'm over here doing this legendary symposium and talking about the immutable, immutable forms of idealism. And then Aesop shows up and tells some story about a crow and a bug, and he fills the arena, he fills the amphitheater. Fucking sucks. Pop culture sucks. This is why philosophers should be the kings. First thing we're going to do is make it illegal for Aesop to show up with his raggedy ass, telling these stories about animals acting like humans, talking to each other in English or Greek, he would have said, talking to each other in Greek. Aesop is a sack of shit. You're banished, Aesop. That's what would have happened if Plato's Republic had come to pass and the only people who were allowed to be elected were mighty philosophers. They would have banned Mm. Aesop. Aesop, again, critical race theory. It's the same old thing. They're trying to ban new ways of thinking. They're trying to ban new perspectives that threaten their foundational views, right? You spend your whole life believing in something that's kind of unarticulated and inchoate. Someone shows up and, and shines a light on it. You freak out and you say, no, we can't teach these books. Get them out of here. Mm-hmm. We, must elect, we must elect Glenn Youngkin. Is that his name, Glenn Youngkin?
1: Yeah. It's, that's got to be the, that's the worst name to say. Holy right? shit. Glenn,
2: Glenn Youngkin? Youngkin. I mean, Glenn
1: by itself is fine. Youngkin is fine, but Glenn Youngkin. Glenn, it's like bending a knee inside your mouth. His name sucks. Mm-hmm. He
0: sucks. He might be the next governor of Virginia. Oh, as we begin our further descent into the pits of hell in this American century. Meanwhile, as we're recording, Joe Manchin is talking about how he's... who cares? I'm so sick of... I'm just so sick of it. I'm going to go retire to my library and read the great immortal works of Greek and Roman philosophy and remind myself that there are certain truths that withstand the test of time and the vagaries of whatever political moment we find ourselves in. Oh, I'm going to read a story about a duck and a frog climbing a tree together and when one, one of them is rude to the other one. What lessons shall I learn? Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell with help from Houston Snyder and Cat Iosa. Our Patreon is patreon.com electionprofitmakers. That's where you go to gain access to our Discord. That's where you go to get a discount code for the new t-shirts. And that's where you go to get your brand new funky EPM stickers. Send your election prediction questions and comments to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. I would also really like to know if ancient Greeks and Romans knew about dinosaurs. If you want to try predictit.org and get a discount, forget it. We only had one person use it in October, so I'm done wasting my breath on this discount code. Use whatever cryptocurrency cyber wallet you want. And, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, Discogs. Rate and review us on Discogs say, ooh, VG Plus, seven inch, limited edition, Japanese pressing of election profit makers, greatest hits. $500, okay. Oh boy. I can't believe I fell for that robot cop.
1: That information is on our website. <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> oh man, American cucumbers are bountiful though. No lie, no lie. Yeah. Curtis Slewa. Be gracious in your defeat, as I will be gracious in the loss of the $7 I invested in you being the next mayor of New York City. There was no wave riding. God damn. He never got, he never even got into the water. Woo-wee. Curtis Lee. Okay. Okay. Enjoy the post-Halloween week. Don't eat too much candy, everybody. It's bad for your teeth.
1: Okay, I'll talk to you later.
0: Okay, John, goodbye. I'll talk to you later, too.
1: Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.